0: Matthew 1, 18-25 Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus.
1: And following on from Rebecca's reading, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way.
2: We're going to continue our reading in the book of Matthew again, uh, chapter 2, verse 13, if you want to follow along. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, "'Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt.' And all in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt spoken by the prophet, might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene.
3: Well, welcome to our Christmas Day service. I'm Nathan, one of the pastoral staff here, and it's just great to have you here today. What a wonderful time of celebration as we've talked about Christ, our King. Through the morning, we've been reading through the the Gospel of Matthew and the account from that particular uh, disciple about the birth of Jesus. Now Matthew was really interested in in bringing forth the fact that Jesus was the king. He started his account by giving a genealogy saying, this is the genealogy of the son of David, the son of Abraham, Christ himself. You see, Matthew wanted to portray to us that the Messiah, Jesus, was the rightful king. The rightful king. And he used this by giving us a unique view. There's nowhere else in the word of God when it comes to the narrative of the birth. And this is the unique view from the wise men. You know what? Through the, through the years, um, this story has intrigued us. Intrigued us. We have on our Christmas cards consistently pictures of wise men crossing deserts following a star and this morning I just would like to concentrate on three things we're going to look at the identity of the wise men we're going to look at their investigation what were they really trying to do, what were they investigating what were they seeking and then we're going to look at the discovery they made so the identity we read about the identity in the very first verse of Matthew chapter 2, now after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem. Please note, this event takes place after the birth of Jesus. So after the birth of Jesus, in the days of Herod the king, so we now have a time frame of when the story is taking place. During the time and reign of Herod the Great, he reigned from 37 BC through to 4 BC. We see wise men from the east. Coming to Jerusalem. That's all we know about them. How many are there? How many wise men, folks? The Word of God tells us. We don't know. We know there are many, it's plural. There aren't three. There could be ten. There could be twenty. There could be a hundred. All we know is that there are wise men coming from the east. What else does the text tell us about their identity? Well, not a lot. We don't know what place from the east they came from. We just know they came east of Jerusalem. It could have been from the Jordan. It could have been from Babylon. It could have been from some other parts of Persia. The exact location is a mystery. But the thing is, God had laid upon them, upon their heart, in his perfect plan for them to herald from a Gentile perspective because these wise men were Gentiles they weren't Jews they were like you and I and they were seeking the king of the Jews I think you you probably could speculate I think speculation is okay in some degree but maybe Babylon is a, a good option for where these wise men came from and I say that because they were seeking the king of the Jews Babylon in its time Under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar had prophets like Daniel, like Ezekiel, like Jeremiah impacting that place. So they would have known the Old Testament scriptures. And that was part of their seeking. And if it was from Babylon, that's some 1,200 kilometers from Jerusalem. So we have a a distance. So how fast does a camel train go, guys? How fast does a camel train go? I don't know, 40k a day? Maybe 30k a day, 40k a day. I've taken 30 days to get from Babylon to Jerusalem. So a massive effort. That's if they fast camels. I think probably maybe 40 days. But the issue is that God had revealed to them and started an investigation in their hearts about searching for the one who had been born, the King of the Jews. This is the purpose of the travel. We see in verse 2, because they come and they acquire of Herod, they come to Jerusalem and they say, where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. Their intent is clear. They're asking, where is the, the king of the Jews? You see, they were just normal observers or probably divinely inspired observers trying to figure things out. I don't know why the star appeared in the east. The text doesn't tell us that. But God in his own way has divinely appointed this time and and these men are watching out and they they see the star in the east and they realize they need to get their camel train together and they need to get to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, under the guise of divine providence and find out where the king of the Jews is born. They're inquirers. They're investigators. You know, that's the same today, right? Many people inquire and investigate about who is Jesus and what significance does he have in 2018. He has the same significance in 2018 as he had in 4 BC. He is the saviour of the world. He is the king but you know it's okay to try and figure these things out I think it's a wonderful thing for us to to investigate to seek out I think wise men still seek Jesus and that may be you today you may be investigating you may be here on Christmas day just saying well who really is Jesus is he just some historical figure that is of no relevance to us here He's of great relevance. And we'll discuss that in a moment. You cannot read this story without seeing the contrast between the wise men and between Herod. You see, Herod, what was his response to this? Yeah, he was a king. He was a king that was not really a king, he was a half Jew. He placed himself politically into a place to rule over the Jews. You know, and he, uh, when he heard this, his response is what, that he was troubled. And not just him, all those in Jerusalem also. So he assembled the the chief priests and the scribes, the religious elite of the day, and Herod himself inquired of them. Where's the Christ to be born? So it shows you a little bit about Herod's character. If you were the king of Israel, you think you would know something about the messianic promise. But he had to seek some advice. And the, the scribes and the, the wise men said, hey, he's to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, as the prophet Micah has said. And not only will he rule Judah, he will also shepherd his people. Please note that in, in the in the, the prophecy here. There's two aspects to Jesus' rule and reign. He is ruler and he is shepherd. And then Herod responds and he, he grabs these wise men and he, he summons them secretly. And you can just see his uh, his voice of insincerity as he speaks to them. He summons the wise men secretly and ascertains from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently, for when you have found him, I too want to come and worship him. So, this is one response of Herod, a response of complete insincerity. Did Herod really want to come and worship the future king? If you know a little bit about Herod's past, he had ten wives. Anyone who tried to assert the throne, he would just cut their heads off. He was your very first King Henry VIII. He didn't want to come and worship Jesus. He wanted to destroy Jesus. And we read that later in chapter 2. That he was involved in a genocide to destroy all those under two. You see, this chapter gives us a great contrast between wise men and between Herod. You see, the response of Herod to the infant Christ stands intentionally in a sharp contrast with the wise men. For Herod attempts to kill Christ. You see, Evil always stands in opposition to God's truth. Evil always stands in opposition to the purposes of God. You know, this resistance to Christ comes so evident later in the Gospel of Matthew as his people cry out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. However, what we see here in this chapter is God's divine protection of Jesus and his family. The gracious purposes of God cannot be thwarted. Whether it's bondage from Egypt or the tragedy of exile, in the history of Israel, God repeatedly has brought his people to salvation. And now he's bringing in the time of fulfillment, the time in the Messiah when Christ the King will save his people from their sin. All the events that are related to this child are fulfillments of earlier anticipations. The promise of a Messiah, the messianic branch, the promise of a descendant from the house of David is now appointed to Christ. And he comes, Christ comes as did his people out of Egypt to the promised land. Through the trauma of exile to Galilee, breaking light to all those who stood and understood. To dwell in a town called Nazareth, a place unknown but so that God's unfolding plan could continue. Nothing happened by accident. All was in its proper place, and it's the sovereign hand of God in bringing about salvation. So we have the contrast. Herod and the wise men. So what did the wise men discover? Let's read. What did they discover? Well, I think the first thing they discovered, they were in the wrong town they have gone to Jerusalem. Not a bad thing to do. Let's go to Jerusalem and and, uh, let's go to the capital of Israel to find out where the king is. That was their rationale. They went to the wrong town. That's the first discovery. Second discovery we see here is that the scribes and Pharisees that through Herod gave him the answer of where the Christ was to be born didn't really care. The religious elite didn't care that there was this testimony from Gentile men. And maybe that was the issue. There was testimony from Gentile men that I've seen the star and the Messiah is to be born. That's really fascinating, isn't it? To confirm their investigation, to confirm their discovery, Scripture affirms it. These wise men needed the prophecy to understand where Christ was to be born. They needed the scriptures to point them in the right direction. Yeah, they'd gone the wrong way. But they needed correction by God's word. It's the same for you and I. If we're seeking Jesus, if we're investigating for Jesus, the place to find Jesus is in his word. The scripture is truth. Scripture is life, and we have the true testimony of who Jesus is and what he has done here in his word. So then what happens after listening to the king? They went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them came and rested over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Please note where they were worshipping Jesus. It was in a house. It wasn't in the manger. Jesus at this time was maybe six months old, eight months old. They came to worship him in a home, in a house that Joseph and Mary had set up in Bethlehem. And that's not the significant thing. The significant thing is that they fell down and worshipped. And they opened their treasures. They offered gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then divine providence plays a part again because they warned in a dream, do not go by the way of Herod. Do not go by the way of Jerusalem. Do not report what you have seen. But go back to your country another way. Part of God's divine protection but we see so clearly here the response of the wise men is to worship to pay homage which means they understood who this child was they understood that he was Christ the Messiah so their worship was the only sensible and realistic response to the glory they had seen I don't know know about you but I still have one question for the wise men as part of their discovery I have one question did the wise men ask ask Mary and Joseph what's the child's name? Mary and Joseph tell me what the child's name is the text doesn't tell us that but if they were to ask what would Mary's response be? Mary's response would have been, this is Jesus, and he will save his people from their sin. He is the saviour of the Gentile, of the Jew, of all who come to him in faith. You see, that's the greatest question of all, isn't it? Who is Jesus to you? These wise men, they arrived in Bethlehem with the treasures of earth in their hands. They arrived with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But you know what? They left Bethlehem with the treasures of heaven in their heart, understanding and worshipping Christ, the Saviour of the world. That's the question for you today. Will you leave at these doors today, scoffing and mocking like Herod? Or will you leave like the wise men, worshipping, confessing your sin, and receiving him as Saviour and Lord? So that's the treasure of eternity in your heart. That's the only thing of substance. That's the only gift of merit. It's having the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord.